0: Welcome back to the All-American Savage Show podcast. I'm your host, John Burke. We have a guest today in the studio, and I'm excited to have her here. Uh, I'm actually going to let you introduce yourself because this has been a long time coming, and I've already <laughs> I already, already blasted this to the people. It's like, hey, she's coming on the show. I'm excited to have her. Um, so let me make sure i get this correct you were the 2015 international hot dog eating champion (laughs) so i gotta make sure i get that one right so (laughs) once once you find out what she actually does it'll make sense why she's laughing so i'm
1: dead uh hi what's up thank you uh for having me first of all um and just like a little bit of an intro um my name is natalia uh natalia Mello, i come from the bodybuilding world. I won the 2012 uh, Bikini Olympia, which is the biggest bodybuilding competition in the world. Um, and then from there, I went on to do about um, seminars around the world, which I've done in over 30 different countries, uh, was featured in several magazines. You, you've been around. Yeah, well, that sounds terrible. but No, yeah. in, the,
0: in the fitness world, Jesus, we're already starting that. Okay, so for a record, like Roger, if you're listening, her husband, I didn't start this, she started that, that wasn't me. <laughs> I kept it clean. <laughs> I meant in the sense that no, you've been around the world with your training seminars because I yeah. want to get into your and Roger's relationship, yeah, um, and things you've done with that. But no, you have literally you've you've trained around the world.
1: Yeah, I've I've done seminars in about over thirty countries, mm-hmm. um, and um, in in magazine covers as well. I have been magazine covers in a in I would say at least like ten or fifteen countries from Shape magazine, Muscle and Fitness, hers. Um, and I, I, I think that out of all my experience in the fitness, uh, obviously, I'm very grateful for the Olympia. And I think that that's what opened a lot of doors. But I think that the opportunity to go to so many different places and um, it was pretty cool to be like, I don't know, like freaking Siberia, Russia. And you're uh, not
0: making that up. You actually were there. Siberia, oh, yeah, Russia,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. 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 Um, I've done actually a few seminars in, in, in Russia um, and being in freaking Siberia minus goodness no like it was cold let's like mm-hmm. just put it that way and all these people coming from like nearby countries like uh, kazakhstan and uzbekistan mm-hmm. and um and telling me that they knew about me and that 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 really hit home that it was very surreal but yeah as far as like it's a really, worldwide impact yes yeah. yeah 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 um so yeah that was um that's a little bit about me and now i um i work with um Ambitious women primarily moms who who have kind of like lost a little bit of their footing with their fitness with life and they're trying to regain that and in a simplistic manner because I do feel that in the fitness industry right now people just try to overcomplicate things over and over again mm-hmm. to make themselves sound smart so mm-hmm. I kind of I do the opposite I'm like let's simplify everything and
0: you're a mother of two yourself
1: yes I have two kids they were born 14 months apart and um, I've been with my husband for about twelve years, mm-hmm. um, and 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 I think that that transitioning to into becoming a mom was a very eye opening um, and, and eye opening experience. Not only from like my my physique mm-hmm. and and not having control over the over the that, but also on the standpoint of like I think that there is this uh, um, societal expectation that once a woman becomes a mom, that's it; that she's done. Mm-hmm. And I would say that um, obviously I had my achievements before having my kids, but from an entrepreneurial standpoint, um, I find myself much more successful and much more accomplished and Mm -hmm. much more well-rounded now after having kids.
0: Well you yeah I was about to say you you've already had kids but you're still running a very successful business, online business, you do personal training and coaching for mothers and things such as that. Your yeah. platform continues to grow. So it's not something that stunted your growth. I mean if anything you've went in a completely opposite direction outside of the Olympia, the bikini, all that. So yeah. Now you are like you're making money I don't mean that like a bad way. It was like you, you took something and you generated a business and you've created something for yourself. Yeah. You're like, you're not an ambassador for various, like you just, you do your own thing.
1: Yeah. I I, I haven't been affiliated with a supplement company for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go on my, my social media platforms, I don't promote mm-hmm. um, hardly anything. Um there are like two brands that I, that I work with, um, better bodies and then um, a new prep company. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's, that's about the extent, the extent of it, because the way I look at it, um, I've been in the industry for a long time and, um,
0: how old are you? If you don't mind me asking, I'm 38. you're 38, okay. I'm 38,
1: but I've been, I've been in the industry for a very long time. And I've seen a lot of people come and go because they just start like selling, like selling themselves short. And, um, I find that my reputation and my name is the only thing that I have. And Mm -hmm. once that is gone, it's gone. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's like, that's why I've tried to step away from affiliating myself with stuff that I'm not in full control of the messaging there. Right. So like working with a supplement company and then they come out with like bullshit, like I can, I assume I can curse.
0: Oh no, this is a PG podcast. Not I'm fucking with
2: you. it. <laughs> I'm like,
0: nah, nah. I mean, you, you come on. Clearly someone doesn't listen to the podcast. No, I mean, you're fucking I'm just you're checking. Fine. I'm
1: just checking. <laughs> I, I did listen to your podcast, by the way, you know that.
0: I um, should have just kept going with that. It's like, no, we're gonna have to edit that out. I apologize to all the children that are listening right now. <laughs> this is a political <laughs> podcast. Of course you're cussing.
1: <laughs> uh, oh, I lost my tripod, Like, thought, like was saying.
0: Oh, you, you were talking about to uh, the, the you were thirty eight years old, you didn't let it limit you, you uh you continue pushing. Oh, yeah. And then oh, yeah. other supplement companies and Yes,
1: and like they would have like this bullshit detox pill and I'm mm-hmm. like that's a lot of crap. Mm-hmm. Like that shit doesn't work.
0: Oh uh, well I guess we're gonna have to hold that shell shock detox thing we were good. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. Yeah,
1: like <laughs> it would be still bullshit. <laughs> uh, and then they were like, Oh, you have to promote it. And I'm like, but I'm not yeah.
0: You don't believe it, yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't believe in it. I'll mm-hmm. promote the stuff that I use and mm-hmm. the, and and that's why I decided to kinda like step away a little bit because I, I, I don't wanna be talking, I don't wanna be promoting stuff that doesn't align
0: let me ask you this based upon what you just said the fitness industry back when you won the olympia back in 2012 it was compared to now where do you see it going where are some improvements and then some things that you see that are going wrong with it
1: uh there's so much wrong um go for it i do feel that uh, um like social media has been uh, a, a double-edged sword mm-hmm. because it has helped um, give voice to a lot of people who have good things to say, like Lane Norton, for mm-hmm. example, yeah. and the people who, who are out there and know how to properly utilize the 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 masses that um social media can can attract mm-hmm. um but it also has given voice to a whole bunch of idiots
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah i agree i agree um and I and, agree. and
1: and you know and i think that also on that on that it has given um everybody feels <coughs> entitled to an opinion even if it is something that they know nothing about
3: mm-hmm.
1: and before we used to think that people couldn't get in shape because they didn't have the information and now people can't get in shape because there's so much information that they don't know what the hell to do with it
0: yeah um analysis paralysis what they call it it's just too much yeah yeah
1: yeah and and i mean it's kind of like uh, and i use this analogy sometimes with all all my clients um i can give like, like i'm gonna use myself as an example like you can give me all these tools like and here's a hammer and here's like a phillips head whatever the hell it's called and mm-hmm. like all what am i gonna do with it i don't know how to use it right so um, I think that that's kind of w- what's happening in the fitness industry. And then also from a, being a female in the industry standpoint, um, I, I feel, and that was something that I fought a lot when I started um, the over-sexualization of <coughs> all the things. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm, I'm not a nun. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you go on my social media, there are going to be um, like sexy pictures. And I'm not saying that I'm against sexy pictures, Mm -hmm. but um, I I almost feel like people are pushing the envelope a bit too much Mm -hmm. um, and relying too much on the sex Mm -hmm. cells and and forgetting that at some point you are going to have to bring something else to the table that is not just your ass and tits.
0: I feel like I agree with you because I feel like a lot of the fitness world has lost track of what fitness was originally about, which is happiness, which it comes from health. And it, it feels like we've just kind of gone off the rails on this one. Now it's all about, like you said, who are you promoting? Uh, you know, sexualizing yourself to such a, a massive extent that people lose respect for something like that. And it's like, look, I, I get that we should be proud of what it is that we work for 100 uh, percent. But it does feel like, yeah, it's just gone off the realm or gone off the rails of common sense to where now it's just like, is this fitness or porn? Because sometimes it's hard to tell the difference.
1: Yeah, I had to start on fault. Like, and again, <clears throat> I like uh, I'm, I'm not saying this like you do you, boo. Mm hmm. I mean you, you want to show your lady bits on the gram. I mean go for it. <laughs> like
0: <laughs> lady bits. <laughs> I love that. Yeah.
1: Uh I mean yeah, it's, I it's, it. it's 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 your thing uh but it's just a personal observation and again I think you can be be sexy without being trashy. Yeah. And I think that that's where that.
0: Is something I feel like a lot of women has lost to where classy can also be sexy. Yeah, very much so to where you don't have to just show everything, but they're like the Audrey Hepburns to where it's like that was beautiful. It was yeah, mm-hmm. it's like an Audrey Hepburn versus Marilyn Monroe, mm-hmm. both good in their own way, but like Audrey was class and that was sexy. Mm-hmm. So I get, I, I agree one hundred percent with what you're saying.
1: Yeah, and and I think obviously whenever you are in the fitness industry, your body is. Your your um, billboard, your billboard is your tool of work. It's it's all of that. So I think that it is a very challenging space to navigate on how to find that happy medium. Mm -hmm. But um, the way that I always looked at it, um, especially after I started dating my husband, my husband was a professional rugby player for 15 years. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what I always thought when I did any kind of photo shoot was like, would my husband be made fun of or my boyfriend at the time if his boys saw a picture of me somewhere
0: you actually thought about that oh yeah that's very considerate
1: yeah i did i did uh just because i wouldn't i wouldn't like if you were the other way around Mm -hmm. and so that that's kind of uh i think when a lot of my mindset shifted as well because i have always had a lot of like male friends and i and i would hear Mm -hmm. the things that were were being said and were being talked about so i was like i i wouldn't want my husband, but at the time he wasn't my husband. Right. But I wouldn't want him to put him in a position, not that he, like, I honestly, if anybody knows Roger, he wouldn't care particularly. Right. But I didn't want to even put him in a position where he could potentially care.
0: Mm-hmm. I want, I want to go further into that because you and I have had, so for those that don't know, Natalie and I go to the same gym. We've met, like, we've been talking for, we've been friends for like a year or a yeah. little bit over that. And, you know, I go to Natalie with my relationship stuff because she's one of these women that is not going to hold back. You are always very, you're very, no, you're one of the very few because you, you broke the stereotype of, like, can a man and a woman be plutonic friends? It's like, yeah, I have one that I go to that I trust her insight because when I put out my relationship issues, like, I've, I've told the last three girls I've talked to romantically is, like, I have someone that vets you, and it's you. know <laughs> <laughs> I've told them. I, I told them right off the bat. It's <laughs> like, I show you their profile because you'll look. I was like, nope, she's thirsty. I was like, nope, she's in. I was like, all right, because there was one time I didn't trust you, and that blew up in my face, and you, <laughs> you, were, you were like – I didn't want to say this, but... I, that's not your accent, but whatever. It's, like, I didn't want to tell you this, but I told you so. And I'm like, you know, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to it's fucking hear accent it. accent for me. I know. I'm it bad. was like so off, but whatever. <laughs> hey, whatever. But you and Roger, you... So I want to go into... And this is why I wanted to bring you on the podcast for relationship stuff. Because you and Roger and, and your outlook is very interesting. <laughs> because Roger was a professional rugby player. He was in Ireland.
1: Yeah, at the time he lived in... Uh, <clears throat> he, he lived in England. But yes, England. in that part of the world. And I lived in Florida.
0: And you lived in Florida. But Roger came stateside... And you were a bartender, yeah. And you were you were also competing at the time, yes. So, talk me through the beginning of this romance, this relationship.
1: Um, so, and I think I kind of like have to backpedal a little bit because um, I think that, and this is something that I see with a lot of my clients as well. I think that so many women, and I don't know if it's true for men because I'm not a man, but I can speak for women because it's I 2022.
0: You can do whatever you want. <laughs> That's not political. That's to not political. Touché, I haven't got
1: a <laughs> uh, So um, I think that one thing that I've noticed is that a lot of women will settle for anything for power of shit, just because they don't know and they aren't aware of their worth. So mm-hmm. they never think that they can find better. And I used to be like that. Really? Yes. For Did it, you,
0: you grew up attractive, though. I'm sure you had plenty of men and suitors at your door at any any beckoning moment.
1: <sighs> yes, but I, I well, I don't know. Like I don't maybe. Um, you can be honest. I, I like I, but, but I think that my my confidence was so um, dodgy
3: mm-hmm.
1: that I, I I almost didn't feel like I was worthy of having somebody who was good to me or right. that was so. Um, and then I had like uh, when I, when I started competing, I think that competing was a very big turning point for me. And people think, oh, you start competing because you wanted to look a certain way. I'm like, no, that like I I in fact I didn't even like the the over muscular physique, mm-hmm. but for me it was the personal challenge mm-hmm. and 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 that that thing of setting my mind into doing something, which I had done several times. I moved to the West age twenty with three hundred and fifty dollars in my pocket, and I made it. Um, But this one was different. I could tell that it was a pivotal moment in my life. I was bartending at the time. I was getting shit faced all the time. And I was like, this is not the life that I want to live. And Mm -hmm. I knew that that was the time that I was going to have to make the decision whether I wanted to continue living that way or I wanted to create a new path for me.
0: How old were you at the time?
1: I was 20, 2008, whatever. It's 2022. I don't know. I was in my 20s, early 20s.
0: I was um, like, don't look at me for that math thing. I'm yeah, I, I got I, nothing. I mean, I
1: have my, normally I have my calculator on <laughs> my desk. So I don't sound stupid, but I don't have it right now. So there's that. Um,
0: We've gotten old to the point now where it's like, the dude, it takes a calculator to go back to how many years I was. Like, no, we'll just say it was back in the age of the 20s. We'll yeah, go with that. I
1: was about like my early <laughs> 20s. And um, I, I just stepped away. I stepped away from the dating scene, I stepped away from looking. I, I, I created very clear boundaries on what I wanted and what I didn't want. And if somebody didn't respect my boundaries, have a nice day.
0: How did you choose your boundaries?
1: Based on what was important to me at the time.
0: Mm-hmm. And those, do those boundaries change over time, do you feel?
1: Um, I think that whenever you are in a relationship and um, you start to grow together, there are, there needs to be a little bit of flexibility with um, what's, uh, like my gym time is something that it's a it's a boundary that is never going to be crossed because mm-hmm. it is very important for my my physical and mental well being. Um, so I think that that time I was I was very clear on what I wanted and what I didn't want. And so when I when I met Roger, I was
0: taught me through how you two first met though because this is interesting because for those that don't know the difference between Natalie and Roger and I've met and I know them both. <laughs> Natalie is very you're the stereotype of like. The fiery, spicy, like Spanish woman is just like, you don't fuck with you. And then Roger, he's just, he's Irish. So he's like, I don't fucking care, whatever. It's, yeah. uh, it's just, you gotta get in Spanish. That's just, that's fucking over here. I don't give a shit. He's, he's a real good dude, but he is so, like, he is a big motherfucker. Like, Roger is a solid, stocky rugby player. And then there's little you that's shredded as hell. And you see you two together with kids, it's just like, this is so weird because normally it's different. It's, it's the opposite, but it's like, oh no! Yeah, and yeah. Rogers just chill. So, taught me how you two first met because
1: so I was bartending <clears throat> at the time, and I never cared to like look at anybody when I was working because everybody just bored me, um, especially like I bartended in this place that was like a lot of people with money came in and they wanted to lead with like do you want to come to my boat and i'm like do you want me do you want me to tell you what i want you to do with your boat no you don't <laughs> have a nice day um so that never impressed me um and then roger comes in i'm like "Ooh, hi <laughs> what
0: was the first thing you noticed about roger
1: all the things everything Be
0: more specific height build what
1: all all of it
0: Ooh,
1: Uh, All of it, like you're getting excited
0: over there. Yeah, (laughs) you're you're assaulting my microphone. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, I think, like all of it. I just, I just, I've always been a bit more attracted to men who were a bit more reserved. Mm -hmm. I think that because if I dated somebody who was like me, there wouldn't be enough oxygen. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, at least I'm I don't want to say
0: it, but I'm thinking. And it's like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, no.
1: At least I'm aware, though.
0: Was Roger? Was he? Did he appear confident? Though did he did he hold of himself very well? Or how was he?
1: He just get like he just like stood there, and and I was like, hi. Can I get you anything to drink?
0: You you just like that right with the kissy faces and everything. All, all
1: of it, like. And, oh, I, you're being serious. Oh yes. Um, and then, like there were um, at the time, we were like this corsets at the the, the bar, Obviously, mm-hmm. in like black pants, but it, there were corsets, and I'm like lifting all the <laughs> things, and I'm like hi. <laughs> and honestly, he had his back to the bar, mm-hmm. and I'm like the audacity, the audacity. So um, I was chatting to his friends because he was there with some friends. He le- he leaves, and all my friends in the bar that were working with me saw that I was like checking him out. Mm-hmm. So he leaves, and I'm like. Fine. Okay. So this was a Wednesday. And then on Friday, my friend sends me a text message. And then she's like, oh, my God, you are not going to believe it. the top one guy is here again. And I'm like, stop it. Same bar. Same bar. Okay. But I wasn't working on Friday. Right. And then I was like, okay, what do I do? What do I do? Think fast. And then I thought I was like, I can try and get ready and go there. But by the time I get there, he might be gone. So mm-hmm. I was like, well, "It is what it is," you know. And plus, I had to wake up early to go to the gym, so there is that. <laughs> Ghost. Um, so I didn't go, but I was like, "Oh God, okay." So two weeks goes by, and then I and I have to sh- I have to show you a picture, okay? Okay. I have to show a picture. So I get a message on my Facebook.
0: You save this. You save this.
1: Oh no! His it's his profile picture. I have oh, to okay. show you. Okay. So, um. 2 weeks goes by.
0: Roger, I'm sorry.
1: And I get <laughs> Don't I kick get, my ass. I get a photo fo- I get um I get a message on Facebook and is this thing and then he asks, "Hey, can I ask you a weird question?" And I'm like, And you need to remember that at that time I was being featured in a lot of magazines. I Mm -hmm. was like on flex magazine. I had been number like fourth or fifth top fitness model in the world by flex magazine. Mm -hmm. So I did get a lot of creepy messages Mm -hmm. on my Facebook on a regular Mm -hmm. and we're, we're old folks over here. So Facebook was like the thing at the time. Instagram wasn't a thing at the time, nor TikTok and all that thing. So I'm like, okay, I'm like, what's the worst that can happen? Just another creeper. But I just felt the need to answer. I'm like, yo, what's up? Yeah, I'm good. And he's like, can I ask a weird question? Were you working the top bar at Blue Martini? That's where I worked at the time in Fort Lauderdale. Were you working in the top bar at Blue Martini about two Wednesdays ago? And I'm like, stop it. And I'm like, are you the blonde guy that was wearing like the gray shirt, the jeans? And then you were drinking vodka cranberry and you like, I remember his whole order. And he's like, oh, you're such a good bartender. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah, okay. <laughs> you were shooting down his pickup line?
1: No, but I mean, I wasn't a good bartender. I was just creeping on him as much as he was creeping on me.
0: Oh, okay. Well, wait, he was creeping on you? Because I thought you said his back was to you.
1: Yes, but he was looking at me from the mirror. And I just oh. now found, that, found that out. And then apparently, okay, so I have That's to That's smooth. Show. Yes. That's smooth. I can not respect that. So this is his profile picture when okay. he sent me. Are you
0: ready? Let's do it. I'm looking at a picture of a man in fishnet stockings, a small skirt that's white with a hairy jacket. And is that a goat head on his, like yes, a goat mask? Yes, yes. He, he DM'd you from that profile picture? Yes. Oh, my God.
1: Yes. And he is wearing high knee boots. too. High knee boots. You so he didn't think and like
0: this was a bad idea to message you from a profile with that as a profile picture? Okay, but
1: let's just, I think that we need to bring a, bring a little bit more context. Okay. Roger is six foot four.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, he's tall. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And he's not a small guy. No. So there is that. So.
0: But how does that, what does that have to do with the fact that's a dude wearing a goat head and fishnet stockings? It's
1: just like, because I think he adds to the, like, if it's somebody who's like my high five foot five, oh, okay, yeah. a, a hundred and like 50 bucks, yeah. like soaking wet, like that's like, <laughs> you know.
0: Uh, so the goat head had, oh, but you knew it was him though. When he messaged you.
1: I didn't know. I had a feeling that it was him. Okay. Okay. And I was like, where are you the blonde
0: guy? So we had to clarify, like, you you had a feeling it was him. Otherwise, but, you but, just responded to a dude with a goat head and fishnet stockings. Yes. I mean, I can kind of see the It's Like, I just want to see what happens. Like, this is a train wreck coming. I just want to see.
1: Hashtag yellow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just want to see where this goes.
1: Yeah. So, um, and then uh, he's like, oh, you're such a great And I'm like, yeah, I'm so good. Um, and then we start chatting back and forth. And I'm like, huh. And, like, because he is such a good-looking guy, I thought that he was going to be, like, a little bit of a bimbo. Like, Mm -hmm. you know? And, I mean, I'm sure he probably thought the same about me. And then we were chatting for, like, three months. And then at the time, I was going to Italy. And he lived in England. And I was like, yo, I'm going to Italy. Do you want to come, like, hang out? I mean. (laughs) I mean. So, and he's like, yeah, okay. And I'm like, okay. So, and um, I have a little bit of... Trouble with um, time management, which I think you know. um, Just
0: so you know, we were supposed to go live at two p.m. today, and we went live at like what two thirty? No, it
1: was (laughs) two (laughs) forty.
0: You can track it. You just can't abide by it. Jesus.
1: Um, Now you're good. So, and I'm supposed to pick him up in the airport. And remember that at the Uh time. Cell phone wasn't really a thing yeah. that you like always had on you and things like that. Mm-hmm. And it was like still the flip phone, especially
0: going overseas, going overseas
1: yeah. and things like that. So I like I couldn't find an outfit because it was like the first time that I'm seeing this guy. And I'm like, so it takes me forever. I'm like, I don't know how to drive him mm-hmm. along. So I'm trying to find the airport following the GPS that is not on my phone because phones back then. Yeah. And I arrived at the airport about an hour and 15 after he (laughs) had arrived.
0: You left that poor man there for an hour and 15. Were you communicating with him the entire time? No. He just waited an hour and 15. Yes. Wow.
1: Yeah. He might, like, it might have been a bit longer, but I'm saying an hour and 15 just, like. All right, so keep going. So what
0: happens? An hour and 15 goes by. You pull up and, I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I went from like Spanish to Asian, but whatever. You're 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 coming oh, I, from all ethnicities.
1: I, I'm here for it, though. <laughs> so I'm here. Um, so I pick him up. Our first date is in Milan, and then the next day, our first day, uh, our second day was in Verona, in in Italy. So that's a
0: great place to have a first date at.
1: Yeah, yeah, Milan, and in Verona. It's like the store, the history of like where Romeo and Juliet was written and stuff like that
0: good or bad it started out great didn't end so well but okay (laughs) (laughs) we'll see what happens here drink this (laughs)
2: Uh
1: -uh. Uh i'm good bro um so and then after that i went on a trip i went to egypt with my mom and then he went back to wherever he was going i think he was went back to england and then
0: he he was still playing
1: he was still playing okay Uh, But this time it was his break. Like rugby players only have break in June. So all the big events in my life have happened in June. I had kids in June. I got engaged in June. I got married in June. Everything, like all vacations were in June. Everything's in June.
0: Intentionally or just how it is? It's just
1: because that's the only time they have a break. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, and then he messages me whenever I'm backing for Lottie at the time. And then he's like... I'm coming to Fort Lauderdale. I canceled the, the trip that I had and I'm coming to Fort Lauderdale and I'm thinking that he's coming to Fort Lauderdale and getting himself a hotel and like that's where he's going. And then he's like, and I'm staying for three weeks. And I'm like, pardon me? Here's the thing. I've lived by myself for a long time. Mm-hmm. My mom would come visit me and about 10 days in I was over it. Yeah. And then this guy's telling me that he's coming to stay with me for three weeks.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Wait, I, he's coming to stay with you? Yes. No, oh, there was no, like, I'm going to get a hotel. It's like, I'm coming to stay with you. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh.
1: Yes. And I'm like. Shoot
0: your shot, King, I guess. I'm like, I mean.
1: <laughs> Shoot your shot, King. I mean, you went for it. And I'm like, but how do you say no, though?
0: No. Yeah, I know. <laughs> how do you say that in Spanish? Uh, no. <laughs> Once again, in Chinese, uh, no.
1: <laughs> so I'm like, okay, fuck. What do I
0: do? I do? I do. And you then know I what like, you wanted to do.
1: And yeah, And then I told my friends, and I'm like, here's the deal. If I don't kill this guy by the end of week one, I'm marrying him. I swear to God, I told my friends that if I don't kill this guy by the end of week one, because I couldn't even stand my mom staying with me for mm-hmm. ten days, let alone some random guy staying with me for three weeks.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: We survived, and he really respect. And I think that what, wh- one of the biggest things um, I my my job, I take everything that I do very seriously. Right. At the time, I was working three jobs. <clears throat> um, I worked, and this is also,
0: also while week. you were competing.
1: Yes, I was competing at the time. I worked three jobs. I bartended like four nights a week and mm-hmm. I was prepping for shows as well. And um, I was doing personal training. So I would work at night, wo- walk in the morning, like wake up in the morning, do my cardio, then do some personal training, train myself again, get ready and go back to work in mm-hmm. a bar. And then two days a week when I wasn't working in the bar, I was working for a supplement company. Mm-hmm. So I w- worked like three jobs at the time. And I'm like, here's the thing. Natalia pays her bills. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: You're not going to come here and mess up with my, interrupt my life. life. So if you want, you can come and accommodate yourself around what my life is, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to take off from work because you're here. Because ultimately if he fucks off, like I have my bills to pay and I have my responsibilities of like, if I told my job that I'm going to be there. I'm gonna be there
0: so you needed a man right off the get-go that's gonna respect your independence and your career focus to where it's like you can be here but you're gonna respect my independence yeah
1: and that's kind of like the part that gave me a little bit of anxiety was like if he starts to bitch and complain Mm -hmm. about my schedule that is gonna drive me crazy yeah he didn't say a word Mm -hmm. like he would like drop me off at work keep my car and then i would text him come get me and then he would come pick me up and then i would go to the bar like to to the bar and then Sometimes you like he would have lunch by himself at P.F. Chang's across the street and then he would come hang out at the bar for a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, but then on the third day that he arrives, he gets absolutely shit faced. <laughs> so he arrives. On I Monday. mean, he's Irish. I know. So <laughs> I,
0: like his, I know.
1: I know. So I um, he comes to the bar that I'm working at and then he's hanging out with this guy that he knew from Florida from the first time that he had come. Roger, I'm sorry. I'm telling this story. I apologize in advance. <laughs> um, and then after that, he goes to another bar and I keep on working. So he texts me. He's like, can you come get me? After I was done with work.
0: And he had your car?
1: No, he didn't have oh. my car. I had my car. And I, d- I didn't really drink at the, at the time because I was like competing and in things prep, like yeah. that. And I just didn't like being out of control when I was in in charge of so much money mm-hmm. because it was a very busy bar. Um So I go to pick him up. And whenever you work in the hospitality, you know everybody in all the places. Uh, So I arrive to pick him up. And then my friend who is at the door, he's like, oh, you're with the vodka soda guy? I'm like, oh, that's not good. Mm -mm, mm -mm, Not good. I'm like, I guess I am. So I drag him home. He projectile vomited (coughs) all over my carpet.
0: This is day three. Day
1: three. Day three. He projectile vomited like his dad until like right before he passed. He's like, I don't know how you married him if that was the introduction. So he projectile vomited all over my place. And the next day I was livid, livid not impressed.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, and then, but, and but we had like a date night schedule. And I'm like, Mm-mm, you're going. I don't care how hungover you are. You told me you're going to go. You're going to go. So we went and then like we kind of talked it through and then after that everything kind of like went smooth. Then we did long distance for two and a half years after Mm -hmm. that. Didn't kill him at the end of the three weeks. I went to um, England, stayed with him. And I think that that was the other cool thing as well because I think that because he was also a professional athlete, I'm sure that – and he ain't bad looking. So I'm sure that there were, you know – the girls that oh, were after oh, okay. him. and stuff I, like, okay. yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna Scroll use. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure that there were, and and like that would be willing to live his life,
3: mm-hmm.
1: like to accommodate. So I never, I never accom- like put my life to revolve around him. Right. So it, whenever I went to England to visit him at the time, whenever he was playing, I was like, I just need a gym pass for a week.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Don't worry about me. So he would leave for work. I would get the train, I will go to the mall, like in the next city an hour and a half down. And like, I just kept on living my life as normal
3: mm-hmm.
1: without disrupting his routine. So I think that this mutual respect for uh, independence has always been a big part for us. And so we did long distance for two and a half years. Um, and then eventually we were like, okay, so something's gonna have to happen here. Um, <coughs> and because he was not a contract at this time, he had moved back to Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, Somebody had to move. He couldn't move, so I decided to, to move. Um, and then we lived there for five years, had two kids, and then now we are in Texas. That's the kind of semi-short version. Two
0: two Two and a half years long distance. Yes. How, how, how was that? How difficult was that?
1: I think it was good for the, the, the stage of life that me and him were in. Mm-hmm. Roger, as per himself... So don't take it on me. And if you were one of his side chicks, girl, don't know what to tell you. But he told me (coughs) that he had never had a serious girlfriend before me. Mm -hmm. So um, I think because Roger really enjoys his space and things like that. So I do feel that the fact that he was long distance allowed him into growing into having a relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think it was good for me to grow into having trust because i i um i always struggle to trust people um especially in a relationship setting um so but i i didn't have a choice what was i supposed to do if Mm. i thought that he was lying to me get in a plane go to london Heathrow, and like yeah see if there was some bitch parked in his like garage like i couldn't do that so i had to (coughs) learn to live and I had to learn to trust.
0: And you dated some guys. that I remember the story you told me about the one gentleman that you dated who had the magazines oh, of you. Creepy. Like, Tell me that story. Like, oh, how, that, was, that was creepy. Oh, yeah.
1: And that's the thing that I also um, like impressed me about Roger. Like I I, um, and probably impressed him as well. I had my life and my career and he had his life and his career. So Roger was never a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he didn't really like he was proud of my accomplishments, but he wasn't a fan. Right. And there is nothing wrong with being a fan, but I do think that it brought, for me personally, a lot of clarity on when to step away from competing when uh, when what was best for me, because my relationship wasn't intertwined in that industry. Mm -hmm. So I didn't find my worth within my relationship to be based on my accomplishments. And because I think for Roger, Roger also comes from a big family of very good rugby players. So I think that for him, was kind of the same thing. Right. She knew He knew that I was with him because I liked him, mm-hmm. not because of his accomplishments. Or not status
0: because, and stuff. Like yeah. st- I, I,
1: I, could, I didn't even know what rugby was when I met him, mind you. Like right. no idea, no clue. Uh, I didn't even know that was a sport, mind you.
0: <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. fine so, yeah,
1: so I think that that was... Uh, that was the thing and, and he allowed us to grow it so with this guy that I dated before I met Roger like the guy, I look in the back of his car and he has like all these magazines that I was in mm-hmm. I'm like the fuck is that
0: how long y'all been talking already or was this like a first date
1: no we were talking for like a month or, or something and then like he sends me like this grocery list of stuff that he wants me to get at the, I'm like bro
2: Mm-mm.
0: wait he wanted you to pick up groceries
1: yeah he's like pecorino romano and like sparkling water with grapefruit subta. i'm like mm-mm, mm-mm, nope not happening and then i ghosted his ass
0: uh-huh. <laughs> i can imagine it'd be pretty weird to like look in the back seat and there's magazines of you yes that was They're probably weird. Like some lubriderm and some kleenex oh, and- that, was, <laughs> that was just weird
1: and like and then one like one time um um I don't know he the, the same guy he mentioned something about like um what, what was it like we were going out somewhere and then he he tried to tell me how to wear my clothes and i'm like i'm like Mm-mm. let's no let's talk
0: about that that's not that's I'm a like, very that's a very good topic to discover because um
1: i'm like nope Mm-mm. no i like i almost like went with a burqa just mm-hmm. to piss him off yeah I'm like no like those were my boundaries mm-hmm. And also like I would be in the gym and he'd be blowing up my phone even though I had told him I'm like bro if I you call me and I don't answer is because I'm busy right don't don't like keep on calling is because I'm probably in the gym and he kept on calling and that annoyed me and that that was I think a big thing for me uh, with Roger that he respected my space
0: Mm -hmm. he was confident enough not to like freak out or be so clingy or needy enough to where if you didn't respond right away or whatever he didn't just try and blow you up for constant oh, attention
1: oh no absolutely not and even with my like my career and like because when you're being featured <clears throat> on flex magazine i mean i'm not like spread ego but <laughs> but there are there are pictures they're like gonna be in like in a bra and and mm-hmm. he never bothered him so he respected that and mm-hmm. that's why i think that I, I made a point to respect him mm-hmm. when he came to the choices that i made on pictures that i took when we were dating
0: was it ever, like, one of those things, like, you asked him, like, not permission, but, like, what do you think about this? Or was it just, like, you just took it upon yourself <laughs> to always try and honor you, what you think his wishes would be?
1: I don't even think his wishes would be. Because, like, for example, if I have two pictures on my phone, I'm like, which one do you like best? Mm-hmm. he would be like, oh, I like this one. And I'm like, really? And that would be, like, the, like, the skimpy one. And I'm like, what are you doing?
0: He's a, he's a man. I mean. I,
1: I know, but I'm, like. I was oh, just as far as, like, to
0: post? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you meant in general.
1: No. Oh, okay. um, so he, he's very secure when it comes to that and like mm-hmm. for example like he met you through me mm-hmm. did he treat you like weird because of it
2: no no.
1: but you were my my gym bro yeah you know what I mean so
0: oh okay gotcha gotcha so yeah.
1: he's always been very confident like that and like my very good friend when I bartender was, was uh, like was a man mm-hmm. uh, because like we worked together a lot because we made good money and we mm-hmm. made a lot of money for the bar and he came in and he became besties with my friend. So I never felt the need to act differently because he would be jealous or anything because it's not right. him. So I think that that. Uh, the, so the
0: confidence, p- his confidence went a long way with you. The fact that he was not um, insecure and in you having ma- male friends or anything like To, to me, that would be that would, de- that would go into the realm of like he's confident in himself. He knows his self-worth. When you devalue that by trying to project insecurity, saying you're calling them all the time, you're needing constant attention, that's not attractive whatsoever. And I think a lot of people don't seem to understand that, especially, mm-hmm. you know, in a new relationship, it's like you have to let it develop and blossom and things like that. So no, it, it makes perfect sense.
1: And even if you look at it, like I was traveling the world with the supplement company that I was with at the time, with the best looking men in the fitness industry.
0: Mm-hmm. How many of them were gay?
1: I don't know, nor do I care Not because I figured, uh, like, there's a lot I, I i like i honestly don't know and <clears throat> i never found that attractive mm-hmm. and that's the other thing like roger doesn't know the difference between pedicure and manicure i don't either exactly <laughs> and, and, and <laughs> like, and, and, like and, and like i and like that that for me was attractive okay. in him because
0: so you don't like effeminate men oh god no you Ew. like masculine men
1: yeah 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 right. yeah yeah. because um i feel like if i have like a feminine man with my type of personality
0: yeah you'll walk all over him yeah mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that, that that dynamic works, though, because we talked about boundaries before, and you <laughs> said that Roger is easy to get along with, but then there are times when, like, when he puts his foot down, you know better. It's like, no.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. Like, I, I just, I just kind of know how much I can push in whenever I push <laughs> and He says, I'm like, yeah.
2: Yes,
0: why do you yeah. do that though? Like, why? I, I want to delve into that. Why is you as a very dominant personality? Why do you think women do that as far as, cause I dated a woman very similar she told me from the get go, she's like, I like to push the envelope to see what I can get away with. And I told her, it's just like, I'm not here for that. It's like, that's me personally. It's like, like if, well, let's go back to this. Why do you think you do that with Roger?
1: I don't think I do that anymore. <clears throat> okay. Um, I, I probably do, but, like, with mundane. I was about da- to say,
0: I think you probably do. Like,
1: but just with mundane stuff, like, are we going on vacation in July? No, we're not. Oh, come on. And then, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, just silly stuff, like, with the kids and.
0: Let's go back before that, then. <laughs> um.
1: Just see the red flags, I think. Okay. Um. To see, to see the red flags and also to, to see how much self-respect he had.
0: I do like that. It makes sense.
1: To see how much self-respect, how much of my shit he would be able to put up with mm-hmm. before he was like, Mm-mm, not with me. Not today, mm-hmm. Satan.
0: So it's... <laughs> <laughs> Not today. Oh my God! So <laughs> it's a way. It's, it's like what we call in the military, like a reconnaissance by fire. You're gonna see just what his boundaries are, just so you can see first. Because I've 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 spoken to a woman, and it was a very sim- mm-hmm. sim- similar situation. Well, not exactly, but it was one of these things to where like she dressed a certain way, and not like insanely provocative, but like her nipples would be very clearly displayed through her <laughs> tops. And I was like, I have an issue with that. And it's not that I'm wanting you to cover up and wear a burqa, but it's just like when you're with me. I was like, I don't like that. If other women want to do that, that's fine. But I would never be with a woman that is like that. Those are my boundaries. It's not saying that I want you to change what you're wearing. Just put on some covers or something. So they're not just prominently poking out because I feel like that's going to attract the wrong kind of attention. <clears throat> and you can feel free to disagree with me because I, I know disagree. this is, Okay, go for it.
1: I disagree. And you, you have
0: the right to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead.
1: So, but here, here is why I think that that is problematic. Okay. Because the moment that you start to tell her how to exist Mm
3: -hmm.
1: and how to do and because I personally know you, I know that um, whenever a woman is very submissive, Mm -hmm. it becomes a problem Mm -hmm. for you because in the process of submission, she loses herself. So you basically end up with a female like a, a John Burke in skirts.
0: Yeah. I would totally pay to see that. Oh, (laughs) I mean, Roger has some tips. (laughs) But don't you think, though, because, I mean, there are boundaries. Like, I'm pretty sure you would not be okay with Roger doing certain things as well when it came to. Well, I guess it's different for a woman versus a man because there's more stuff to show off on a woman. But for, for example, it's like, would you be okay with Roger starting an OnlyFans and posing nude?
1: I wouldn't tell him, like now that we're married, I think that I do have a little bit more of a voice when it comes to that, especially Mm -hmm. because that's not what I'm at. You know what I mean? But
0: it's not really telling someone how to live. It's just simply saying, if you want to exist in my world, these are the things that I look for in a partner.
1: I'm not saying that what you're doing is wrong. Mm -hmm. I am saying that the moment that you say that and a woman accepts that, Mm -hmm. she is already sending you signals Mm-hmm. That she is willing to become what you want to become instead of being what she is.
0: But what's the opposite? But I mean, well, then you take away from them the ability to change and become. And I'm not saying in this case specifically, but become better or to evolve or to grow.
1: I think, like with the clothes, it it's it's a personal choice because mm-hmm. I kind of have a feeling that I know who. Like, where, can we talk about that? Yeah, like, I know who you are talking about. Yeah. And it's not just the clothes that have been other things mm-hmm. that you ha- that have been brought up to yeah. her attention mm-hmm. that you didn't necessarily agree yeah. and that she was like, yeah, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. okay. So at what point she stops being herself and she becomes mm-hmm. a female version of John Burke? Mm-hmm. And the moment that that becomes a thing, mm-hmm. you're going to lose interest and she has lost herself in the relationship True. because she became your idealistic version of what a woman should be Mm -hmm. in no longer herself.
0: But do you think that changes though if the causes or the issues that are brought up are justified?
1: It's gonna be justified for you.
0: Okay, so in theory, let's just say that-
1: Everything can be justified. I mean, it's it's her choice to put up with your shit or not.
0: True. But don't we make compromises as we go? Because this isn't me saying, you know, I'm forcing you. It's just simply saying that if we were going to consider pursuing a serious relationship, that is something that is a big turnoff. That's a red flag. And I'm that's just like, if that doesn't change, if you're not open to just at least putting something up to cover up your nipples, then I'm just not interested.
1: If it is something that is harming, like, mm-hmm. for example, if she had problems with alcohol
0: mm-hmm.
1: and or she had problems with drugs. Mm-hmm. Or she had problems with, you know, getting shit-faced and getting in the car and driving. Yeah. If we're talking about these things... Yeah. I I can understand with you wanting to have an opinion and because you're concerned for her safety Mm -hmm. and well-being. Right. But her nipples are sticking out. It's her choice. Absolutely. You know what? So, like... This this isn't about her, but it's about your ego and how you are going to be perceived for be hanging for be, for hanging out with a woman like her. Mm-hmm. So this isn't it's about her; me, it's makes, about you.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely, one hundred percent. That's yeah. I'm not going to sit there and say it's not. Yeah, that's just something that I feel like there's a level of self respect that comes with that. To where if I see that in a woman that, in my opinion, does not have enough self respect to essentially, but
1: she is with you. No, not yet. Well. Kind of.
0: I'm saying if she is, if we were together in a serious relationship, that's one of those things to where it's kind of like, I don't feel comfortable with that. And I'm not asking you to change, but out of respect for me, would you at least put some nipple covers on so that way? I
1: wouldn't. Let's just put it that way, because mm-hmm. I, I I know that the moment that I gave in to that mm-hmm there would be a lot of other things like it's almost like you give you give an uh what an is inch, take, an a inch a take a mile mm-hmm. but what and if that's
0: not the case though how do you know because there's only been two things we've discussed three. about that. three what are the
1: and you are not even dating her yet that's true so at what point does she stop being her mm-hmm. to be the version of her that you want her to be yeah and and i think that that's that's like a, a bit of a, a almost like Dichotomy, because you, you you need to decide what you want, because nobody's going to be perfect. And I think we oh, we've I agree, had yeah. this conversation, and and I'm not like I <clears throat> I I am well aware that I'm not a joy to live with, <laughs> you know, like I'm very self aware when it comes to that. The same way that Roger is not perfect, um, and I think it's finding meeting somewhere in the middle, mm-hmm. because I'm sure that there were things that I did when we first dating, we first started dating that um, weren't really I, I don't know if I was like exactly what his mom want him to marry mm-hmm. but here we are you know so so I think that it is just you, you're gonna have to make your choices on what you're willing to to sacrifice and what you're not and because, vice
0: versa on her part yeah
1: yeah because the more that I think you start to try to shape the person to become what you want them to be they, they, they become your puppet
0: mm. I agree with that, but you're you're taking it to an extreme automatically because the issues that I've told you about I feel like are justified because you've looked at these things like, oh, no, I see that. I see it.
1: I see it, but it's her choice. It is her body. Well, I'm not, it I'm not saying it's not. Boobs. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, like, <clears throat> my, my point of view, I'm not saying that you're right mm-hmm. or wrong, and I'm not saying that she's right or wrong mm-hmm. with the choices that she has made regarding her boobs right. and her everything else.
0: And they are very lovely breasts, by the way. They're, they're very nice. Okay. <laughs> Uh. Well, no, it's just like, yeah, you're, you're right. But it's just one of those things that I feel like when two people, when there's, there's an attraction there between both of us, there's something we, we are drawn towards each other more than just sexual. It's like, we're getting to know each other, but we've, we've had these serious conversations like, you know, cause she's told me she's had a, a problem with one or two things that I've done. It's like, no, I can see that. That's fair enough. It's like, I'll stop doing that. That makes perfect sense. And I don't, I don't have an issue with that. And I don't feel like a puppet because I feel it more so as like, no, for example, I talked to one girl and I was, when we first started talking, I had listed off all the things that I've done in my life. And she said it came off as almost very braggadocious. And I was like, okay, I, I kind of see it. And then she explained, I was like, oh, no, that makes sense. So then after that, I was like, I'm never going to lead with that again because I see how that can be perceived. Does that make me a puppet or does that make me become more self-aware of how I'm projecting certain things or certain insecurities onto other people?
1: I mean, it, it is uh, there is a layer of self-awareness. But you're still trying to tell her how to like Mm -hmm. information is out there Mm -hmm. to be given Mm -hmm. and it is up to you to take that information or not. Mm -hmm. And I think that whenever it comes to a relationship. Right now, you said, oh, there were only three things, Mm -hmm. but then you date her and something else comes along Mm -hmm. and then there is going to be another thing and there is going to be another thing and because you know that you could get away with the first three things Mm -hmm. you're going to keep on asking her to become the version of her that you want her to be
0: so then what's the opposite effect (coughs) then you just let those things exist and it bothers or we just split
1: you just either find a way to live with some things because I'm telling you right now, nobody's going to be perfect. Right. Of course. And and sometimes I think that based in conversations we've had, you're looking for a unicorn mm-hmm. that you thought that existed, and you're like, I found it, and then you nah, did.
0: <laughs> it turned out to be a horse
1: <laughs> <clears throat> or a cow.
0: Or anyway, a cow. yeah, one of the two.
1: Um. So, I think that um, I'm not saying lower your expectations. But become realistic mm-hmm. about what you're looking for, mm-hmm. because you know, I'm sure that like the hottest woman on the planet probably snores at night. Oh, and,
0: absolutely, yeah. You yeah. know,
1: like so. So I think that trying to to make people perfect, yeah, it's it's the quickest way to to not be with
0: right. The right idealize person. somebody to the point where it's like it's unrealistic no i i agree 100 yeah, yeah. percent. but there are, there are things that just like the nipple thing like that that would like if i we were to go to the opera we were going to take her to the theater and we're dressing up really nice and those puppies are just sticking way out and you know like it's intentional it's like okay this is a bit much because there's but, there's classy but, and sexy versus but she's
1: already showing you <clears> what she is
0: true but does that. Yeah, I get it. you see that I feel like that conversation will go down to it's just it's subjective to what could be changed to become better or vice versa. But it's not, not your
1: place to tell. I agree. I it's not your agree. place to tell. So you can right. it's almost like um, like, I don't know, I walk into your like into your business and I'm like, oh, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. I know that, that I don't I don't like that. No, that <coughs> right there is shit. You should you should move that TV doesn't mm-hmm. look good there.
0: But if we were entered into a place. partnership, though, that would be your place to where it's like these are my concerns.
1: Yes, if mm-hmm. we entered into a partnership right. and it is your choice to accept or not accept exactly. my my concerns.
0: but you still have those concerns.
1: but if if you're becoming overbearing right out of the gate fair enough it can be problematic.
0: But it really be would you consider it to be overbearing to say this makes me uncomfortable? Whatever the thing would be, would you be would it would it be considered overbearing saying when you say this or when you do this or when you when you act like this, it makes me a little uncomfortable?
1: It makes you honest. Mm-hmm. She does with that information whatever she wishes,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I think that that's the thing where a lot of me, women get get a bit lost. And I think a very good example, <clears throat> and that's a conversation we've had in the past.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm gonna get shit for this, but Yolo.
0: Welcome, <laughs> well, welcome to my life. <laughs> um, we haven't even scratched politics, so you're good. You're yeah. good.
1: So um, I, I, I was in a uh, Facebook group the other day. And then this lady makes a comment that um, her partner told her that he wasn't attracted to her because she's gained a lot of weight.
0: Right, yeah, we had this conversation.
1: And, and like, there are a whole bunch of women basically roasting the man.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: How dare he? That's absolutely outrageous. I disagree. I disagree. Because if they entered a relationship in a way in which she wasn't the way that she was then and he is in fact not no longer attracted to her mm-hmm. why shouldn't he be able to say like everybody's an adult mm-hmm. and i think that whenever okay. you, we're talking about like physical appearance and things like that there is a lot more that goes into it than just the physical appearance is the drive the determination yeah. the the commitment to yourself the self respect mm-hmm. um so i think that that like that's the honesty that can be like a double edged sword mm-hmm. And, I mean, you're entitled to be honest.
0: Yeah. And which You should encourage that because that's – isn't that what most women, if not all women, want? Is like, I just want you to be honest with me. And my experience is it's like you do want to be honest, but it's also you have to be careful with how you go about expressing that honesty because mm-hmm. even just by virtue of being honest does not remove from it the sting that it's going to create on her part or vice versa. Yeah. And that's a hard part towards like I – I can't even imagine being a guy – or woman, whatever the case may be, and going to your partner saying, look, I'm losing my sexual attraction to you because you are putting on a lot of weight. Yeah. And that's that's going to hurt. But at the same token, it's like that's one of those honest truths that yeah. it can make or break a relationship.
1: Yeah. And, and, and that was the thing. Like I saw all the comments and <clears> I'm <throat> like, I think I'm the odd one out here because and even as a woman, if. I got to a point that I stopped taking care of myself. I would appreciate if my husband came to me, and then he was like, "This is happening,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and and something needs to happen. Something needs to change." And if my husband were doing the same thing, I would I I one hundred percent would tell him because mm. that's not the person I met. Right. And that's kind of like the point. You are meeting her mm. like this. Yeah, she's not becoming, like. Uh, a hoe like uh, no like dressing like a hoe. She's not like becoming and start, she didn't start to dress like a hoe after you guys you start yeah. dating. yeah you you went on to it like you mm-hmm. got into it with her dressing that way.
0: Mm, technically no. <clears throat> first few dates wasn't like that and then afterwards it was like I started seeing it's like okay yeah' that's, that's not something I'm comfortable with. I just to me it's like I, so I am attracted to a woman with self-respect. Mm -hmm. To where her body is for that lover, that person in her life. Like, this is for you. This is for nobody else. And I'm not saying anyone's individual opinion on that is right or wrong. That's me personally. Mm -hmm. And I would be the same with her to where it's like we are committing to each other. So that's the way I view that. And it's not a sense of me saying, I'm going to control you. It's just saying that if you want to enter into my space... These are my standards. Like, my standards are I want you to have self respect. I want you to have enough confidence in yourself that you don't need to seek outside validation or approval from other men because you don't need it. Like, you're naturally beautiful. Like, you don't need to do that. And that to me is a massive sign of confidence. And that's what I love seeing in a woman because when a woman, like, you're right, I, if someone is so submissive, there, I think there's a difference in evolving and becoming better versus you are just submissive. It's like, yes, sir, no, sir. Anything you say, they're going to agree with because we've had that conversation. Mm-hmm. Someone I was with in the past was the mm-hmm. exact same way and I lost all respect for them. I do need a woman that challenges me. Yeah. And I, I will agree with that. But I also see that there are some things that we can come together and discuss, communicate, and compromise on. So maybe if it's like, she'll bend on this, I'll bend on that. Or like, it's, I think I it's just, in any I, relationship. I just,
1: I just <coughs> find that it is challenging when it starts out of the gate like that. Yeah. With, with because ultimately you are not falling quote unquote falling in love with what she is Mm -hmm. you are falling in love on what she can be based on your Mm -hmm. guidelines
0: but those those are also very cosmetic details though because her personality i genuinely like i like she's gotten this she she impressed me because she has a lot of depth that i didn't realize i passed her off as a bimbo and then we talk and I was like wow she's actually really intelligent she's got some depth like I'm Mm -hmm. fascinated I'm attracted to this woman now Mm -hmm. and she's got discipline she's got drive she's ambitious like okay so the whole nipple thing is that a make or break thing for me no does it make me uncomfortable yes but I'm just gonna be honest right out of the gate so I think we have to clarify that that's not something that's like you know this is the nucleus of what I'm attracted like I'm only with you for your boobies I was like that's not it that's just Mm -hmm. a byproduct or not even a by that's just a, a fringe benefit if you will but it's just, yeah, so I, I do have to clarify, like I am attracted to her personality. Like she's a very the other thing is, in regards to submissiveness, she's very loving and nurturing and understanding. She displays very effeminate qualities, which I really I really like that. But she also is ambitious. She lives by herself, she's on her own. I respect the hell out of that too.
1: No and, and like that that's That's amazing. And she is, in fact, beautiful. But I I do believe that whenever we're talking about starting out of the gate Mm -hmm. with you imposing what you want her to become Mm -hmm. instead of... Because I'm pretty sure that there were things whenever I started dating Roger that didn't necessarily... Especially with a very different cultural backgrounds. Mm -hmm. I mean, the part of Ireland that he's from, it's a very conservative, uh, like very conservative... So imagine this. He's coming home and he's like, Yo, mom, never brought a girl home. Mom, I met this girl. She does bikini contests <laughs> and she's a bartender in Miami. Right. So I am pretty sure that whenever we were about to like I was he was about to bring me to meet his mom, there were some things that he probably wanted to tell me that I didn't realize now in hindsight that would make maybe a better impression, but he let me be me. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what I always appreciated about him
0: yeah.
1: is that he allowed me to be me.
0: If I was to take her home to my to meet my mother and she had her nipples sticking <laughs> out, that wouldn't happen. I would never take a woman home to meet my mother like that. I have way too much respect for my mom to do that. I mean, I,
1: I'm not saying that I had my boobs sticking no, out. No, I'm They're not like talking about you, I'm talking about like me. A, yeah. No, no,
0: no, no, I'm not talking about you. No, yours is like a different thing though, cause that's just your business, that's your career. And also that's mm-hmm. kind of the fitness industry. Like you have to wear a bikini to compete. Yeah. I get that aspect of it, yeah.
1: And, but whenever we're <clears> talking <throat> about, like, like you day, didn't go
0: so meet her in a bikini. <laughs> it was like, hey, mom, this is my girlfriend. I'm like, good, no. good for you, sweetheart. She looks amazing. <laughs> Fucking crazy. Crack of us off that horse. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, no, but, I, but, like, it's more the point that there were probably things that didn't necessarily align or that he wanted to point me in a better direction, but he allowed me to be myself. Right. And I think that that that's um, that was the key, because like even Mr. Dude with the magazines, like one time I think he tried to tell me how to dress and I'm like, the fuck you are. Mm-mm. Yeah. But it was actually the opposite way. He was like, oh, yeah, like, can you wear something sexy like to go to a club? And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I'm going to wear whatever the fuck I want. Stop it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. I, I'm like, I'm tired. I'm not going. Right. So I uh, mean, I, and different yeah. personalities. I mm-hmm. mean, like, I know that I would be a little bit more on the extreme side of things Mm -hmm. because I'm petty. Well, you
0: you said though, you told me in the past though. you said like if somebody tells you not to do something, you're going to do it anyway simply because of that. Yes. Okay.
1: Yes. Like, um, do you think that's healthy? Um, No, like, for example, um, like, I'm from Brazil. I think Mm -hmm. we we missed that part, but probably people picked it up because accent.
0: It certainly (laughs) wasn't China with my accent. (laughs) 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 Wherever the fuck that was from, I don't know. It's like, she is from the most Asian part of, like, Spain I have ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't fucking know. Uh.
1: Um, So I'm from Brazil, and, um, like, the culture that I grew up in, um, it's incre- I'm the nor- from the northeast I grew up in the northeast part of Brazil mm-hmm. it's incredibly chauvinistic okay. I mean uh, like everybody had a side chick
0: okay some like, misogynistic men were dominant men oh, ruled off oh yeah all. Okay. like uh,
1: like growing up I remember had, <clears throat> having a uh, like in my young days having a boyfriend telling me that it was okay for men to cheat I'm like the fuck like with a stray face really and that was one of the things that i found absolutely outrageous even that being my environment mm-hmm. and like um this same guy was like oh you're like you're gonna wear that and i'm like no i'm not holding i'll be right back <sighs> and then i'll put something even shorter i'm like i'm ready let's go
0: isn't that how it is though down there in brazil in the in the, in like places like colombia brazil like the women wear, wear very revealing clothing
1: um, yes um it really depends on the part that you're that you're in mm-hmm. um it really depends on like the neighborhood that you're in mm-hmm. um obviously what is portrayed is uh, it's a very overly sexualized version especially with carnival and like mm-hmm. people wearing very very little clothes um it's it's uh, there is a lot of hypocr- hypocrisy as well which that was <laughs> one of the things that like drove me a bit insane about like my my culture um, there is a lot of hypocrisy. It's like, oh, everybody's so good. And I'm like, he has a side chick. And then he's telling you not to wear that. Shut up. Yeah. You know, so um, there were a lot of things on my upbringing that I watched around me that I think that shaped me to have okay. this kind of, of mindset because I have seen so many women being controlled
3: mm-hmm.
1: by and being told what to do and what to wear by men who had side chicks. Yeah. I'm like, the audacity. the audacity i honestly couldn't get past it
0: i agree i agree
1: and and like to the point that it would be like the brother of the wife would be hanging out with the side chick and the brother-in-law i'm like am i
0: that's weird yes that's awkward (laughs)
1: yes (laughs) i like am i in the twilight here and it was just normal behavior and Mm -hmm. telling the kids it's like so you grew up with that oh yeah like all around it okay all around it so um, I think that growing up in that kind of environment and seeing always the wife being the submissive mm-hmm. image of like uh, being the the stay at home mom and like doing like yeah. not not earning her own money and doing whatever the man told her to do,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and then the man having a side check when he was going out Friday Saturday and Sunday right. and the woman at home and I'm like no that's yeah. wrong.
0: Yeah.
1: So I think that that has a lot to do with how my is views it, are is it still
0: like that down there
1: i have been out of brazil for a long time okay um i've been out of brazil for about 18 years okay um so i i i wouldn't be able to like tell you much because i don't really i think this is gonna sound horrible but I, I don't really care to go back there very often because it, it just gives me a little bit of um
0: like revisiting an oppressive time in your life?
1: No, not not even revisiting. It, it really gives me a little bit. It's a bit of a trauma, almost. Like okay. I look around <clears throat> and I see all the people living the same way mm-hmm. and complaining about the same thing and doing the same thing that they were doing years ago and yeah. doing absolutely nothing to change. Mm-hmm. And it's always somebody else's fault, and it's always the government's fault, and it's all like so. I it really it really frustrates me because. And, and at the same time it brings me a bit sadness because I look and I'm like holy fuck like I, I this could have been me Yeah. had I not just packed up and left
0: why did you come to America you said you were like what 22 23 no I was 20 you were 20 and you yeah. came with $350 in your pocket yes what made you do that
1: so the part like as I said the part that I was uh, in Brazil was a very um chauvinistic and mm-hmm. like very so the only way that you could leave your parents home was either to get married because one because it was I and mean, you couldn't
0: live on your own you mean yes because
1: okay. it was very it would be very easy for you to afford it right and I, at the time I was in law school and then we lost my stepdad and um I was in law school and I just... Being in law school, I became very frustrated because a a country like Brazil, uh, there is no justice. So I started doing an inter... I got in law school at age 17. Mm -hmm. In Brazil, it's a bachelor's degree. It's not like a master's degree. So I got in law school at around 17, 18 years old. Um, And then um, I started looking around. I was very... Prideful of like serving and serving justice. Like I could just see myself coming in a white horse, you know, like like a very idealistic version of justice.
0: <laughs> That's not what I got from the wave in the hand. I was like, oh, what is this? Oh my God. We're about to party for justice. <laughs> <laughs> party for justice.
1: <laughs> We're doing shots, shots, shots. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then I started uh, doing an internship at the courthouse working with a judge. And I realized that it was anything but just. Right was like who Corruption. you knew yeah. and like so if you had like a pile of cases like the lawyer who was like besties with the judge would come in and then the file would come from the bottom to the top mm, Okay. and i was watching that even like with my mom after my stepdad passed away that she just kept on like uh, not being helped because we didn't know anybody with that particular judge and i just started to get very frustrated uh, frustrated with it, and I think that my relationship with my mama at the time was getting um, very delicate because I wanted to be my own individual, right. and because of the way the culture there is, like you're living with your parents, you respect the parents' rules, and that like, and that's it, and you're not allowed to have control over your life. Right. And I wanted to have autonomy over me, mm-hmm. um, so I decided that I want, like, I needed to get out.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I had no idea where I was going. So I was like, fuck, I need to get out of here because this isn't... And so you either get married or you stay with your parents until you are like 50 years old. And I'm not exaggerating. Mm-hmm. Like I've had friends that had their older friends stay with their, their parents until she was like 45, 50, Jeez. something like that. Yes. Yeah. So I was like, I do not want to live like that. And so I was like, okay, well, plan B. Because I know that if I leave my house right now, I'm going to have to crawl back and mm. beg my mom for forgiveness and live by her rules. And at the time, as I said, my relationship was very rocky with my mom. She was inviting me out of the house several times.
0: Was oh, like threatening to kick you out? Yes. Okay.
1: Well, actually like packing my bags and shit. <laughs> uh, and I was like, okay, I got to figure this out. So I was like, okay, the only option is to move out of the country. And then, that's a
0: very drastic option. Yeah, I see what you're meaning, though. Yeah. yeah,
1: but it is. It is the only way I've that just I have never heard
0: somebody actually say that. It's like, OK, I don't like my parents, but uh, fuck it. I'm going to England. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's kind of drastic.
1: Like, whoa. Yeah, but I knew that, uh, like, I just didn't want to put myself in a position that I would have to crawl back. Yeah. And I, I like I had been an exchange student, uh, which, the, yeah, I was an exchange student in Louisiana.
0: Oh, so you'd already been to America.
1: Yes, I had been to America. OK, I didn't I, know that. Yes, I was an exchange student when I was 16 okay. in Louisiana, okay. near Fort Polk.
0: That yes. place is... it. That's where I grew up. Stop it. That's a, that place is a shithole.
1: Yeah. Well, so where... The, did you go to Leesville?
0: No, I know about know it Le- though. Yeah. Yes.
1: I, yes, that's... that. I was over
0: in Beaumont, Texas. It's like an hour and some change from Fort Polk. But yeah, it's the whole area. I shouldn't say it's a shithole. Fort Polk is a shithole. Army base. Like around that, it's great. Like anytime you go near an army base, the, the base itself is a shithole. And everything around is usually... Well, I should go back on that one. But still. No, I didn't know that about 60... Were you a rebellious child?
1: I I you'd have to ask my mom, but I'm sure yes. <laughs> okay. Um,
0: okay.
1: I was just very opinionated. I, like right. I knew what I wanted and I knew okay. what I didn't want. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was an exchange student. I came back to, uh, came back home. And so whenever I came back, I was 17. And then that's when I got in law school. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, fuck. Like I hate it. I hate it here. I hate it here. I don't like it. Take me back. Mm-hmm. Um. And then that's kind of, and that, that's when like, things start to get messy with with my mom we lost my stepdad and I start to not enjoy um, um, law school and I, I was just also surrounding myself with people who were not gonna better, perfect, you. better me yeah and I was very aware of that and and then I was like okay I need I need to get out mm-hmm. um, but I also knew that I didn't want to crawl back so I was like okay options and then I had a friend at the time who lived in Holland there is another name for Holland, Netherlands, is it?
0: Like Netherlands? That.
1: Yeah. And and then I had a friend from middle school who lived in Florida. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to hit these people up and see what's up. Mm-hmm. So I started looking at, at Holland at the time, and but there was a huge like uh, rate of unemployment. And I'm like, I'm not mm-hmm. going to go there. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, Florida is my option now. So I called this friend that I had from middle school, and he was a very good friend that I had from middle school, and we were like a whole bunch of, and he was the only guy that used to hang out with us. And at the time, he was married, and then he was like, okay, it's going to be weird if you come to my house.
0: But I'd say so, just a little bit. Yeah. Hey, babe, I got a girl from Brazil coming, what?
1: (laughs) No, but like his wife was Brazilian as well, and actually, I'm still friends with her, with the wife, but not with him. Oh, no, like not. It didn't end in bad terms. Okay. We just like grew apart. Grew apart but, okay. but I stay friend with friends with her. Fair enough. Um, I was like,
0: he he did something. He did something wrong. No, no, no fair no, enough. No. That's why I was like, when you said like I'm still friends with her, but not him. I was like, uh oh.
1: Oh, he did not mess up with her, but that's his problem to be had, okay. and her problem to be had. And I'm not about to get in the middle of it. Gotcha. Um, so I he was like, but I'll find you a place to live. Mm-hmm. So um, he helped me find a place to live. Picked me up in the airport. I arrive, and I'm like, oh shit! I didn't have a job. Yeah. I had three hundred fifty four hundred dollars in my pocket, so I go to this place that I was to live, covered in cockroaches. You, like, like the like you was the hood, yeah. Like shootings outside. I mean it couldn't like the people that lived in it is smoked inside the apartment. So he's smelled mm. like an ashtray.
0: All I could think about when you just said that was that whole Drake. So it started from the bottom, no way. <laughs> no, I get it, I get it, I agree.
1: Legit like yeah. and then I'm like it was so bad
0: mm-hmm.
1: that I had to put a Ziploc bag on my toothbrush. Jesus. Oh yeah. And tie it with a hair tie so the cockroaches wouldn't crawl on my, my on my toothbrush. Good lord. Yeah. So and then I was like, okay. And my $350, 400 whatever it was at the time, it was enough to pay for one month of rent in that palace. <laughs> <laughs> but I I mean, I Compared had Compared about-
0: to where you're at now, that's a drastic improvement.
1: Yes. Um, so I... Um, and then <clears throat> they helped me find a job. And, um, like, I had to ask for help for with, with rides to get me to where I needed to be. And so... Um, I cleaned restaurants as well like i i would work from midnight to five o'clock in the morning to earn like 25 dollars cleaning restaurants overnight it's Mm -hmm. not fun i can tell you that um so and then eventually people start talking about how bartending was good money and Mm -hmm. i'm like okay so i was actually in the cleaning crew for blue martini the 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 bar that i used to work at and every time every night i would come and i would look around and i'm like and i would see the bartenders counting money and i'm like holy shit that's a Mm -hmm. And I'm like, "Ah, I hope one day I get there. And then I just kept on showing up every night. And then one night when I came to clean, I spoke with one of the managers. And I was like, are you hiring? And then they were like, no, we're not hiring right now. I'm like, okay. So I went on to go to bartending school, which then after I found out that you actually don't really need it. But it was a good entry point. And then after that, I started going to the bar every single Wednesday just for them to remember my face. Mm And I would make make a Smart. point. I would make a point to see the manager. and Be like, "Hi, <laughs> what's up? Hi, you hiring?" I literally did that for like a year.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Every Wednesday, I would get all my girlfriends to go to that bar, so I could wave at the manager, so he wouldn't forget about me.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Eventually, I got the job, and and that's that's where I worked for for six years. And um, and I I remember even when I started there, I had this old Chrysler like Sebring like that thing i spent more money on that thing getting fixed than actually <laughs> anything yeah. else and i remember this girl giving me a ride to my car because it was in the parking lot it was dark and so she gave me a ride and she drove a mercedes and i was like one day i want to have a car like this and two years later i bought a car that was just like that mm-hmm. so um so that yeah it's been a very humbling journey
0: you're very outspoken on well i should say like you you don't hold back sometimes on your social media platform like when it comes to in the fitness world like you're going to call people on their bullshit like the excuses and stuff like that because i see you you know it's the trend now to where you're holding up the cardboard sign and you just impose whatever you want on there and you've made a few posts that you even come back in your stories is like hey if this offends you i don't care this is the truth like do you you feel like how's how that working out for you to be more vocally outspoken towards what you feel is the truth in regards to fitness nutrition and things similar
1: I think that um, whenever it comes to coaching, and whenever it comes to even having a business, you want to make sure that um, you're attracting people that you want to work with.
0: Mm-hmm. Period. Don't me really forget. I do want to talk to you about your business because you've been through a lot. Like you, you run your own company. Oh yeah. Like and this is not some rinky-dink little small fry thing. Like you run your own company, and it's you. At, you're at the helm. Like you're you're running this bad boy. You yeah. got a lot of people answering to you, and you've had to deal with a lot of bullshit.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. um, so and and what one thing that i was noticing is that i was trying to be like very like i was afraid of hurting people's feelings but what i realized
0: do you still feel that way no (laughs) i love it i love no No, i love that and
1: and and it's not even about not like being being a a savage no pun intended
0: it's not it's not being an asshole for the sake of being an asshole but people perceive you as that because you're honest with them
1: And, and here's the thing though regardless of what you say
0: mm-hmm.
1: people are always going to dislike yeah. what you have to say there's oh, so if i'm going to be disliked mm-hmm. i'd rather be disliked by something that i truly stand for exactly so and and that was i think a, a little come to jesus moment that i had because um i was trying to to talk and i made another like a post today that was salty um and and, and i had to come to jesus that i was starting to attract people who who wanted to find the, the excuses, who mm-hmm. wanted to blame the universe as to why they couldn't do the things that they wanted to do. Yeah. And I personally do not have the patience yeah. for mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So I... I, I Life I, is
0: not going to hand you the... Per- there is no such thing as a perfect condition. But it's like, oh, I'm just... I'm waiting for the right time to start a business. I'm waiting for the right time. It's like, there is no such thing. You make it the right time.
1: Yeah, and 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 again, um, oh, you're saying that because you're privileged. I'm like, mm mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> mm-mm, mm-mm get back with with natalia that was eating the dollar menu from wendy's because that's all i could afford living with freaking cockroaches Mm -hmm. nice talk bro so um i think i i I have it was almost like a moment of self-discovery to really understand who i am Mm -hmm. and own it and with that being very clear with who i want to work with Mm and speak to those people because if I speak my truth, if I speak what I believe in, I am gonna be attracting people who align with what I stand for as well.
0: And not even necessarily agree with you, but they respect the fact that you're honest.
1: Yes, 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 because even like right now, I have two kids and a lot of the topics that I talk about are like family related and stuff like that, but I attract a lot of women who do not have kids and are not in a relationship, but they can appreciate me not uh, becoming what is expected of a woman when she becomes a mother or when she gets married, that she automatically ceases to exist. Right. So, um, so I think that that's kind that was kind of like the, the epiphany that I had because I was working with a whole (coughs) bunch of people that I didn't enjoy. Mm -hmm. And I love every single one of my clients right now. Like Mm I, and, and, and that you even
0: turn down clients, like when you have conversations with potential clients and you feel like they're not going to be a good fit. You tell them it's like, "No, this isn't going to work."
1: Yep, I, I turn down at least like one or two clients a week,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, which whenever we they reflect
0: you, because they reflect you essentially. If you take on a client that you can tell is going to half-ass something, that reflects you.
1: Not only half-ass, even if I feel like the person doesn't align okay. with what, um, like with, if I if I feel like I'm not going to respect the person. How so? There have like,
0: you're about like an excuse maker, or yeah,
1: something like a like always making excuse. Okay. Or if I cannot even see like a like a drip of drive like right. left there in the back or something,
3: mm-hmm.
1: I like it's just gonna because I get re, like I'm very passionate about what I do, mm-hmm. incredibly passionate. Yeah, about you're what on I do. you're on
0: your laptop at the gym all the time. Like you're training, you're doing all this. It doesn't stop with you.
1: No, and and I'm like I, I take a lot of pride on that. So. And I, and because I am so emotionally invested in it, I want to make sure that I'm working with people who appreciate that and are going to do the work that is needed because I don't want to be suffering in behalf of somebody who doesn't give a shit. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I don't care how much money you're willing to give me,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know, it's, it's, and, and that's what I say. It's like, if you were just about the money, I would have started doing contest prep when I won the Olympia because mm-hmm. I could have made banking then. Yeah. But I didn't like it. I didn't enjoy it. I wasn't passionate about coaching competitors, so I chose not to. But now I'm incredibly passionate about the people that I work with, and I want to make sure that they understand, they see that, and that they were working towards their goals.
0: Yeah. It's probably a smarter move too in the whole business uh, scheme of things to where it's like instead of going after the 1% that are competing, it's the 99% that aren't going to compete but they still want to just lose weight. It's kind of like the supplement industry. It's like I'm not going for the bodybuilders. I'm going for those that don't even like go to the gym and get them, you know, taking healthier supplements, stuff like that, so.
1: Yeah, but I think that at at the time, it wasn't even like what kind of crossed my mind because when I started competing and all of that, I was very aware that that was not my livelihood. I made money with bartending. It Mm -hmm. wasn't with competing and that's a mistake that a lot of people make thinking that- very good point that competing is gonna like line your pockets just for like uh, a reference when i won the olympia which is the biggest body it's like the super bowl it's the mecca yeah i i earned fifteen thousand dollars
0: that's it that's not a lot of money
1: to be the best body in the world Yeah,
0: because that's not including all the groceries you paid for the gym membership all that stuff the jewelry the bikini a lot of people don't realize that because I was in the fitness world for a little while before I got burned out. I was like, I fucking hate this thing. I think it's stupid. I really do. You're going. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I respect the the competitors and what they do, but when you're stepping on a stage and you're essentially being judged by judges from a subjective viewpoint, it's not like a football where it's like, hey, when it crosses the end zone, that's a touchdown. I had. I was dating this one girl for a while and she competed. And I, I, I kid you not, a judge told her like, we need to bring your hips closer together. And I'm like, wait, what? It's like, well, they have these waist trainers that you can – I was like, wait, you want her to change and shift her internal organs and bone structures. like, what's possible is like that defies the idea of fitness. What the fuck are you talking about? Now you're talking about looks. That's not fitness. So I, I seen – I'd seen a lot of women that um, – I mean, we've had people that worked here that we had a shit can because their priorities were – I'm going to be a competitor. I'm going to be an IFBB pro. It's like fine, go right ahead. It's like you pursue that and you see what kind of money or lack thereof comes with that. And meanwhile, your regular life's going to suffer because guess what? You don't get to just go step on a stage in a bikini, strut around, and suddenly you're making millions. It doesn't happen.
1: No, and and uh, again, that's that's really um, uh, a mistake that I see a lot of people making now. Coming full circle, when you you ask me, and I'll like bring in some clarity. People look at look at competing as a a like the end goal. Mm-hmm. And competing is a platform that you use to build a personal brand. Yeah. And if you're
0: smart enough to do that. Yes.
1: And not become so consumed. And that's why when I competed, I did two shows a year. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's not a lot. Nope. I did the Arnold and I did the Olympia. Mm -hmm. And and then one time I did the Arnold in, in Australia before he was the Arnold. He was another name. So there were three shows in a year but in average i did about two three shows max Mm -hmm. per year one because in order for me to prep for shows i would be removing myself and not being able to be so present in the job that actually paid my bills yeah and if i didn't go to work i got nowhere to live because i didn't like it was me myself and i yeah and and i i had been pissed poor eating out of uh wendy's dollar menu with cockroaches and i was not about to go back there yeah so I, I, I had very clear and um, I would speak with a lot of ladies and like oh yeah I haven't fixed oh my god hilarious story so this girl is picking me up I had my car getting fixed so she picks me up she was competing at the time I get in the car we're going to the gym and then the, the light gets red and then she's like oh my god I gotta go Like, I'm like what are you doing and then she goes oh I need to get the brakes fixed for my car but I had to buy my bikini. So I used the money to buy my bikini. Mm-hmm. So she's driving around with me inside of it. No brakes. With like virtually no brakes in her car Jesus. because she had to pay for her mm-hmm. bikini. And like watching this over and over again, and I'm like, Mm-mm, Nope. No I minute.
0: don't I don't get how someone's thought process registers with that to where it's like, I have to divert money from something that is literally could get me killed to a bikini in order to compete, that's not going to pay me if I win. What sense does that make?
1: Yeah. And and so I think that I always had that very clear and using, using the, the space and the platform
3: mm-hmm.
1: to grow. Um, I just didn't know what, like, when I first started, I didn't really know what it was going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I didn't have a product. So yeah. I kind of became the product yeah. when I started doing seminars. Mm-hmm. So I started just selling my seminars to gyms so i could go to different gyms and promoters and and they would fly me to the different places and then um so i kind of became the product and like if i could go back um and give an advice to my younger self you'd probably be to make a product that it wasn't just me that could exist right um without me having to go places because that's when i kind of realized brand yeah not necessarily a brand but having something like i give <clears> the <this throat> seminar and then you're like hey and i'm like hey if you want to know more about this mm-hmm. go here right. and then you can buy it here okay you know like almost like an upsell of right. what i was doing there and i realized that when i got pregnant and i i stopped doing seminars um but again i was i had already uh, a lot of passive income from that because i was i had done a lot of videos for um like Russia, a Russian website and I had supplement deals and I had my own website selling like some e, e, like little ebooks so I had a few things coming in
2: mm-hmm.
1: but it was kind of like my hmm. hmm okay I can't travel as much anymore because now I'm gonna have kids yeah then what so, but but thank goodness I I had built the personal brand side of things
0: Where do you see yourself going in the future?
1: <sighs> sky's the limit
0: where would you like to see yourself going in the future?
1: Um, I would like to see myself growing um, my my coaching business mm-hmm. like it is now, with having um, a like um, a good number of coaches working under me, um, like representing the, the the brand, and maybe um, even have like different products that are aligned with me Mm -hmm. because here's the thing like you can have me but whenever you're talking about a personal brand it's very hard to pass on
0: yeah yeah you are the brand (laughs) yes and
1: but but there is the loyalty part of it which i can appreciate but at the same time like whenever it comes to time i I can't see myself ever stop working
0: right yeah same yeah
1: like i'm always good i enjoy work yeah like i enjoy
0: it's not I, even work it's just it's a passion yeah. yes
1: i enjoy like and i just enjoy the challenge of yeah. it like i really am and i'm very passionate about what i do so i think that but also um having a few like
0: irons in different fires
1: yes mm-hmm. uh, a few things that come from the same personal brand okay. but there are different things right you know i i haven't found out what those things are gonna be mm-hmm. Uh but but that's that's the ultimate goal you know and 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 create uh, like a movement like i like and i know that is very cliche to talk about creating a movement but like my head coach and and i think that he downed on me um that my business is is supporting not only my family but a whole bunch of families mm-hmm. and that's yeah. the biggest responsibility it is and and like For some people, it can make you crumble. Mm -hmm. But I think that for me, it has given me, like, it put a lit of fire under my butt. Yeah, because
0: now you've got employees that you're putting food on their tables too. Yeah. So with that being said, though, with your business, what are some of the issues you've ran into as far as the business world? And I know I don't want to go into detail unless you want to, um, because for me, it's been, it's the the hardest part of business has been employees.
1: I think that the hardest part of business is managing people. Mm -hmm like in general yeah because um and and that's not a bad thing i just think that because as humans we all come to a conversation with a different agenda mm-hmm. even unintentionally and yeah. there was a
0: co- that's a male man athena she's like come here babe come here she's she's like the most she's a good guard dog but she doesn't guard anything she just <laughs> kind of she just like that she's like roof, roof, roof. and then that's, she won't even go look she just barks
1: she's like i, I think you're here it's okay it's
0: okay <laughs> She's hilarious. so yeah. Athena's like a little local celebrity. She comes into the gym. Everybody loves her. Oh, everybody love wants her. to give her treats. I love her. But Yeah. So you were saying you're talking about conversation to people, pe- managing people.
1: Yeah. Everybody comes to a conversation with a different agenda. And I was doing a course by Brad Bartholomew, um, very, very incredibly competent guy who talks. He's a coach and he talks about communication mm. and he has done courses for um, like the, the air 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 armed forces and like he has done for microsoft and like he's talking to like he's put himself in a leadership position talking about communication Mm -hmm. and in the course we played like a silly game that it was kind of like he would put an object and then you have to say a word based on object and then i say a word based on what you said and then you have to say a word based on what i said and if you pay attention to it the conversation, like the, you start with a bottle of water and then you end with like, I don't know, a whiteboard. Mm-hmm. The last words, the whiteboard, because people come with such different agendas right. into a conversation yeah. and different ideas. So I think that whenever you start to understand that, it makes it a bit easier. Yeah. And at the same time, whenever you are somebody who has a very strong personality, like you have a strong personality, I have a strong personality. It can be very hard sometimes to empathize
0: yeah
1: which is a problem Mm
0: -hmm. that and And that are the opposite to where it's kind of like for me the challenge that i've had to face is like coming from the military background into a corporate environment and we're working on achieving that here but not too corporate not to the point where you have to walk on eggshells but the thing that I've, i've found is like i have to empathize more instead of being the drill sergeant but what I found with that, though, and this is this is just my own experience, as anecdotal as that might be, is that people nine times out of ten will take advantage of that. When you can be, it's, it's like they gotta understand that line of like, these are my boundaries as this as the boss. It's like I can let some things fly or let some things slide. I was like, but at the end of the day, is like this is a job, and if you're not performing, it's business. So when I shit can you, you can't take it personally.
1: But I'm talking about not only <clears throat> with employees, employees being like very hard as well. I, I'm like. Touch wood. like I've been very fortunate to have very loyal people mm-hmm. um, with me, uh, which I'm incredibly grateful. Um, but w- even with clients as well, because, again, everybody comes with different backgrounds, different right. traumas. And the more you start to talk to people, you understand that sometimes the reason why they can't lose weight is because their mom used right. to call them fat when they were like three. And yeah. they're 45, and they still think about it. Right. So you kind of need to understand people in a more like humane level. Right. <clears throat> which sometimes for me it is hard. And I'm not saying that is right. I'm saying, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that I'm aware that sometimes for me it is hard
3: Yeah.
1: because I, I know all the, the, the hardships that I've had through life. So, um, and, and I don't want to make it about me, but it's hard not to make it about you. Yeah. I mean, you have had so many challenges yeah. and, and then somebody is complaining about not being able to stick to a plan because they broke their nail. Yeah. So, um, and and again, I respect people um, having a hard time and I understand that it is hard. So, and it's finding that balance where you are telling them what's up, Mm -hmm. but in a compassionate manner.
0: Yeah. Do you think that always works though as far as the compassionate side of things versus the blunt force trauma truth style?
1: It depends. It depends where it's coming from. It depends um, how often it's being done. And it depends if you're listening. Because if you're just Moving your mouth and talking and not listening, um, then it can become a problem because listening you're, with
0: the intent to understand versus respond.
1: Yes, yeah. yes, um, and 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 that's actually why I hired a, a head coach. Who's a counselor?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: She's a counselor.
0: That's worked out wonderful for you.
1: Yes, because she is um, she's able to understand people on a more human level, and then I can keep on being me. Mm-hmm. And and showing up with my personal experience and a bit of the tough love piece of it. And um he, he has created a very good balance as well. But at the same time she's not like she's very aligned with what I stand for. Uh-huh. So she he, supports the mission. She oh yeah, she's yeah. like fully and, and that's kinda what I wanna wanna do. Like I really wanna create a mission where like women don't feel the need to justify why they wanna look good. Right. And I think that it's happening a lot, like with a lot of the women, they almost want to justify It's like, oh, my goals are vain girl. Own it. You're right. entitled to fear your feels. Yeah. You, 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 there's nothing wrong with wanting to look good. Mm-hmm. And I think that oh, we've, yeah, been not so, at all. Yeah. we've been so brainwashed into, um, like making people believe that wanting to look a certain way is bad. And that, yeah. um, you know, in what I call the toxic body positivity. Oh, love, I love hate you. that. Love I, you. yeah, love your body at all sides. And I'm like, Yes, if it truly, from the bottom of my heart, of your heart, sincerely, you are a hundred percent happy, yeah. I am here for it. Yeah. But whenever I'm talking to a mom mm-hmm. who has canceled vacations with her kids because she doesn't want to put on a bikini Yeah. with a mom who like hasn't had sex with her husband for a year Jesus. because she cannot see herself naked with a mom who has ripped mirrors out of the, the, the bathroom because she doesn't can bear look at herself with no clothes on and try to tell her that she shouldn't feel this way, but she does. Yeah. And what are we going to do about it? Yeah. And I think that telling her that she can't feel her feels is toxic body positivity. I
0: agree. hundred percent agree. I feel like, uh, I remember a friend of mine, Maria Kang, I believe her name is. I haven't spoken with her for a very long time, but she was the uh, she was the no-excuse mom. She went on the show. She did a show. I don't know what you know about her, but she had caught a lot of flack for saying, I have no excuses. I'm a mom of two or three. I'm still here putting into it. All the rest of you are making excuses. So I think there's, yeah, I get where you're coming from on that, to where it's like people, you're either going to find a reason, you'll find a way, or you'll find an excuse. And when you mm-hmm. fail, you've got no one to blame but yourself. So you can sit there. I had a guy on the podcast this morning. He was in the comments talking about how, You know, you know, why even try and make anything of myself in this capitalistic environment where monopolies are everywhere? It's like I'm sitting here as living proof saying it is possible. You're living proof, too. It's like so you can sit there and you can find every excuse in the world why you're not going to do it. Or you find the one reason why you do want to do it. And you go out and you fucking give it everything you've got. And it takes years. It takes. a. I mean, some people it takes a year or two. Other people it takes a lifetime. But it's like, how bad do you want it?
1: Yeah. And, and to keep on showing up, I think that because we are living in a time of such instant gratification, mm-hmm. um, especially like with, with social media, and I, I think social media is a great thing,
3: mm-hmm.
1: but um, it, it is fueling that instant uh, gratification yeah. that, that we have. So people, people um, think that everything needs to happen now. Yeah like with everything, with success, yeah. with uh, weight loss, with, you know, finding, even like finding a partner, wanting to take the relationship from here to here yeah. within days because hashtag couple goes. Yeah. And, and I think that expectations as a whole as well are being a bit skewed by what you see. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Um, 100%.
0: Everything that's posted on social media is a farce. It's like you see, I shouldn't say farce, it's that when you piece it together, these influencers, whatever you want to call it, are showing you snippets of their life that they want you to see. No influencer in their right minds could be like, "Oh, look at this—the selfie. Me, and my husband. We're just arguing. He just threw a spaghetti plate against the wall." It's like they don't show you that shit—the humanity uh, like, side. But, but of uh,
1: again, at the same time, would you want to see that though? Like, that's the thing. Like, would you want to <clears> people for people to be airing <clears> their dirty laundry?
0: Not dirty laundry, but I, I think, like you said, it, it coincides with the toxic positivity to where we are portraying our lives to be something they're not. As a whole, like how many, so, and this is just me, how many influencers or people with followings, or we want to call them are out there being realistic. Like, Hey, my husband and I had a fight, but we talked about it. These are the things that we employed to get through it. Yada, yada, yada. I don't see too much of that in the fitness space. Mm-hmm. I see more vanity. I see more uh, just lies. cause there are people I, I follow that are have much larger followings than myself. They're in the political space. And they sit there and they preach about like, God, this guy's like, dude, not, two months ago you were cheating on your wife in vegas i was like you're a liar Shots and you're No, i'm just saying it's just it's these people that they and I mean, no one's perfect but it's like i'm certainly not gonna go out there and hold the bible and say oh god's word blah, blah. I was like, bro like you do coke off of strippers asses you're a liar yeah. like you're a fight i'm not judging you hey live the dream bro i don't care yeah but it's like you are lying to the people and personifying yourself as something it's like a joel olstein it's like dude Come on. I was like, nobody's that perfect. You're yeah. not Jesus.
1: Yeah. And I, I, I agree with that. And that's why I don't like the whole idea of having like a quote unquote online persona
3: mm-hmm.
1: and real persona. Mm-hmm. And I joke saying that I talk too much to be two people. So I might as well just be one <laughs> and you, you take it or leave it, you know, yeah, but it's yeah. true because it, there is nothing um, that is more rewarding. I think. And for you, it's probably the same thing when somebody meets me in person and they're like, Oh my God, you're like literally the same.
3: Yeah.
1: I'm like, good. <laughs> Good. Yeah. yeah, that's what I want. Um, and, and I think that, um, and I also feel like um, I personally do not like, and obviously I talked a lot about my relationship with my my husband here, but that's kind of like was the topic of the yeah. conversation. Mm-hmm. But if you look on my social, I am fairly, um, I'm not going to hide my kids and I'm not going to hide my life because yeah. it is part of my, my existence. Yeah. But I don't overshare. Yeah.
0: I had a problem with that. I, I've overshared a lot of stuff in my past that, yeah, like I needed to rein it back in, like love life specifically. Yeah, It's like sharing too much because then, I mean, you and I have had conversations about this to where it's like, people want to know what's going on in your life. And But when you have things you don't want to talk about, but you've shared it before, they're going to ask. So you yeah. can't really be mad at them when yeah. you do that. So I get that and I, I agree with 100% with you.
1: And I feel also, um, I don't know if you believe in energy or whatever it mm-hmm. is that you believe, but I do think that... People a lot of times, even unintentionally, they're waiting for you to fail.
0: Oh yeah, one hundred percent. They and, want to see that. And yeah. it's
1: not. It's, it's like for some people, they might even have good intentions, but they are always waiting for because it's the novelty, like of of the drama. Like even yeah. whenever you look at uh, like movies, like that's the, the the script of almost every single movie mm-hmm. is the same. It just move like just like the you have the start and then you have everybody's happy and then something catastrophic happen and then there is the hook that's right. like storytelling one-on-one yeah. and that's what people are used to so mm-hmm. whenever you are in a good place in your life and you're like look we're so happy and we love each other so much and everything's so amazing I love it people automatically default to seeing the downfall because that's yeah. what is the, the plot
0: yeah true it's that's the plot. true yeah it's a very good point.
1: So, and and that was actually uh, Roger. Like he's very like reserved. He doesn't really care to be on 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 the socials and stuff like that. And um, it was even something that he's like, I don't want to be all over the place. Yeah. And even before having this conversation <coughs> here, I told you before we start recording, I asked for his permission, mm-hmm. and I asked him if there was anything that he wouldn't want me to share mm-hmm. because I mean, ultimately, it is his life too.
0: So wait, you're you're telling me that. You didn't do what you wanted to do. You respected what you felt might mean something to him.
1: Oh fuck you, like, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Can you
0: like rewind that? Or, like, are you lost? Yeah, like so. I know. So I'm fucking with you on that one. No, no. I, I appreciate the fact that you come in. Like, it, it's nice to be open with people because I feel like with a lot of topics and conversation with social media and things like that, people have lost their humanity. Yes, they have lost the reality of what life is like. Like the struggles. They think that like with with shell shock. Like running this company has been one, if not the hardest fucking thing I have ever dealt with in my entire life, because it's not as easy as people think it is. Because, I mean, who goes on social media and it's like, oh, my God, this is what I'm dealing with today. Yada, yada. Because then you just sound like a whiner.
1: Yeah, you don't want that. And
0: people don't want that. And I I don't want that because I've unfollowed a lot of people to where there's a difference in like, I feel like articulating an opinion or a point versus like, oh, my life. Like I've had family like, every time you see them, it's like, oh, my God, my life is so horrible. Well, then just fucking kill yourself. Like, I mean, what do you want me to say? Like, Jesus Christ. It's like, do you not appreciate the fact that you've got a clean bill of health? You've got air in your lungs? Like, what the fuck are you bitching about? And and don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to portray that as, like, saying, well, you should never bitch about it. It's human nature. Yeah. You know, we're always – I remember reading um, about World War Two. Uh, Colonel Dick Winters, he was in the 101st Airborne. That was the unit I was with in the Army, but he served back in World War II. It's like when they jumped in and uh, the Airborne had first become established. But he talked about one of the biggest things that he missed in World War II and being in the European theater was ice cream. He's like, I missed ice cream. And so he was doing an interview. This is like maybe 10 years ago when he was still alive. And it was kind of like, did you know? Did you ever, you know, did you ever take it for granted? It's like, yeah. It's like I'm a human. It's like absolutely I did. It's like this is not one of those storybook endings of like, oh, I never took it for granted. Because for me in Iraq, the invasion of Iraq, we didn't shower for like the first six months. We were literally bathing in the Euphrates. Like it was disgusting. And it's so like I always told myself. And there, there, I have friends that was like, so, you, you know, do you still feel that way about Cher? I was like, fuck no. I take it for granted every day. I was like, you think I give a shit about that? No, absolutely not. It's <laughs> yeah. like, that's yeah. human nature. And it's not that it's it's wrong. It's just that's, that's our humanity. That's yeah. how we are. <clears throat> but it's like those rare moments where we can push pause and it's like, yeah, I remember 135 degree heat. I remember you know bathing in a river where I watched across the way there was a Iraqi dude shitting in it. And it's like uh, it's like you know what? No, you know, right now I'm going to appreciate this nice hot bath I'm going to take or shower. It's like, mm-hmm. but tomorrow I'll probably forget all about that because that's human. That's human nature.
1: I'm a big believer in gratitude. Yeah. Um, and and like every single night, it drives Roger insane because <laughs> I go to bed after him and I turn the light on and I write on my gratitude journal
2: mm-hmm.
1: when he's sleeping. Uh, but every single night and, um, it's not only a gratitude, but I also write things that I want to accomplish, but I yet don't have,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but I write it in a way as if I did. Mm-hmm. And I was looking and at the, it's a, like big, thick thing. So I was able to, that's look, what she said.
0: Oh, I wasn't going to let that one go. I was not (laughs) letting that one go. You set that one up way too easy. I I was looking at it. It was so big and thick. And I'm sitting there like, oh, Uh, I'm doing it. it. I'm doing it. Don't do it. it. (laughs) I'm doing it. I don't care.
1: So, um, and then I was going back to last year and every single thing that I had on my like manifestation Mm -hmm. journal, gratitude journal, whatever you want to call there is not one thing that I wrote last year that I wanted to have that I haven't accomplished
0: mm-hmm. in a year. In a year. So you had realistic expectations with these goals that you put in put in place for yourself?
1: Some of them were not realistic. Some of them were like, YOLO, let's see what happens. Okay. Um and and he did. Right. So and 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 I think that um, taking the moment to appreciate and like even the little things, it's it's something that is a bit lost. Mm-hmm. And I think that it is also because of like with my kids, and that's something that we talk a lot about at home, it's like not raising titled kids. Yeah. Ooh, I can't. Mm-hmm. I cannot entitled kids I like, yes i can't like please thank you excuse me yeah. the manners yeah. like are huge um like you're you're not entitled to anything right. and i want my kids to see how hard we work at home to be able to afford the vacations that they get and my wish is to one day be able to take them somewhere where they can really see people struggling
0: yeah
3: because my father
0: did that for me he uh when I'd go see him on every other weekend or once a month, but he would take me around Houston, Texas, and he would literally drive me to the underpin. This sounds petty as fuck, but this is just the reality of it. He, he was a realistic dude, but he, he drove me in certain places downtown Houston where it was homeless camps. He's like, if you don't pursue your education and you're a lazy little shit, that's where you're going to wind up. He's like, do you want that? And it, I never forgot. I was like, I don't want to live on the road. I don't want to live in the streets. I don't want to use an overpass. Like, no, absolutely not. He's like, stay away from drugs. You get your education and you work your ass off. And I never forgot that. He was yeah. right.
1: Yeah, and and um like and I, I'm very hard on my kids, even though they're like four or five. Mm-hmm. Like if they start to act like little shit because mm-hmm. I got them something and they want to oh he wasn't the one that I want. I'm like, okay, cool. And I grab it and I throw it in the trash. Mm-hmm. So you got nothing now. Yeah. Because I can't I cannot do with entitlement and I do feel that the way people are and I'm not Parenting expert, full disclosure. There's no
0: such thing as one.
1: Um, And I have no idea. Like, I think that parenting would be the one thing that I'm incredibly insecure about. Like, everything else in my life, I feel very uh, Mm well-versed. But with parenting, no idea what the fuck I'm doing. Um, Nobody does. Yeah. But, like, and and I think that because with everything else, it's fairly easy to have, uh, like, A rough understanding. A left and right
0: limit of where you got to go.
1: Yeah, or a rough understanding if you're going the right path or not. Right. If you're, like, in fitness, if you are not eating right and you're not working out and you're, like, way off track, you're going to notice because your clothes are not going to (laughs) fit. You know? Yeah, I agree. In your business. I
0: call that holiday season. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Put on five pounds. Maybe it's because all the gingerbread cookies, you fat fuck. Like, I
1: don't want to talk about it. Five pounds is like, nah, like probably more like 10. I
0: don't want to talk about it. And
2: then in
1: business, like it's very easy for you to know if you're going yeah. in the right direction or not in a short period of time. Yeah. But with your kids, you like, you literally just know if you're raising assholes yeah. by the time they're like 12, 13, 14, and ultimately whenever they have a family and they get this shit together. Yeah. And like by then it's almost too late for you to go back and try to parent your children. Yeah. So um, that is the one thing that I'm like, I, I, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I do know that I do not want entitled kids because yeah. I can't deal.
0: Well, I'd seem to think that the fact that you're even admitting that and acknowledging that shows that you're on the right path because you know what you don't want them to be versus what they should be, what they could be, need yeah. to be.
1: Yeah. And, and that's the thing, like Roger and I are very aligned with that, even though we come from very different backgrounds, we're very aligned when mm-hmm. it comes to, to that. Uh, and, and obviously we do have our differences um, because of different upbringings, different cultures, different, all the things. Mm-hmm. But we're very sure that we do not want entitled little shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, on that note, where can they find you at on social media?
1: Wow. Um, you can find me on, on, the, on the gram Uh, Natalia Mellofit. It's N-A-T-H-A-L-I-A, Mellofit. And Facebook as well, Natalia Mellofit. Facebook forward slash Natalia Mellofit. And my website. Your website. It's also the same thing as Natalia Mellofit. Spell it. N-A-T-H-A-L-I-A, Mello, M-E-L-O-F-I-T.
0: Natalie. Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks it has been me. an extreme pleasure having you here. Thank you for your uncandid responses or your <laughs> candid responses. I appreciate that. It's always good to have somebody that's fellow outspoken and you're not going to hold back on your opinion. So thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you. As always, this episode is sponsored by Shellshock CBD. If you enjoyed the episode, you can check it out wherever iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google, it's all there. So again, thank you for being here. And as always, you stay Savage, America.